Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast, where you'll hear from the pros who've built business empires without sacrificing their faith, family, or fitness. The host, Skylar Lewis, has built multiple multi-million dollar companies, is an author, speaker, and founder of the three-day Rise Up Kings experience. It's time to rise up to your God-given potential and create a life of liberty abundance, and impact. To learn more about Rise Up Kings, go to riseupkings.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Todd Johnson, welcome to the show, brother. I'm excited to have you. For those of you that don't know Todd, Todd's uh, actually our head coach here at Ruck. He is a father of eight, eight, which is amazing. He is a man of God, a husband, uh, to an amazing woman, Anna, and just uh, uh, has been in consulting and business for many, many, many years. Just an incredible human being that knows how to balance. And I would say uh, our nickname for you, I'll kind of share that with uh, with the audience, but is a psychological assassin. Todd has that ability to read into the soul and look into the soul of a man and sear it, open him up, and allow healing to start to happen. It's kind of a uh, I would say one of your one of your gifts that you have. And so, man, I've been pumped. I've wanted to have you on the show for a while. We finally made the time. We actually just have an event happening. We just left. Right. We just left the sand cookie. And uh, yeah, man, happy to have you. So so eight kids. But I can tell you that um, uh, each one of my children has been like an important teacher to me. And the way we've developed them, the way we've raised our family, it doesn't. it's not as much as you think. Right, it, it's not as overwhelming as you would imagine to have that many like small people who are being trained to be tall people in your house because they're developing so quickly, so effectively, and they're not all of your biological kids not at all. So, but, but believe it or not, uh, four are four of the daughters. I've only ever made daughters, right? And uh, two of the boys and two of the girls were adopted. Uh, my my middle son ridge has a, a certain type of autism that makes him a challenge and the last three i adopted out of the foster system they're what's called category five foster kids right super challenging yeah what what explain that a little bit more well okay so if you were if you wanted to be a foster parent they're going to warn you they're going to say we have that you know it's just like hurricanes we've got uh, category one through five and five is that considered child that has been so severely uh, affected, whether they've been beaten, sexually molested pervasively. Um, there has been such a huge amount of violence and hurt and pain in their upbringing that now they are at a point where they're dangerous to themselves and to others. And uh, typically their trajectory is stripper, drug dealer, uh, prison, mental, you know, mental patient. You know, they, they do not have a high level of opportunity to, you know, become like one of us. Mm. What was, um, take some courage and some heart to be able to do something like that. What was your heart in that and why? I think that every gift, every gift, every specific talent that I have has been given to me by Christ. I think it's a shame and almost criminal not to use it for good, right? And my specialty is trauma reinterpretation and helping others restore. I've gone into the darkest player places and helped like men who have come out of the joint become, you know, wonderful men. So uh, that's one of the primary reasons I just felt led to do that, uh, to make my difference in God's, you know, in God's world. But the other issue is that three of those children just happened to be my wife's siblings, young, young kids, siblings of hers. 
And um, when she asked me, we, we weren't even married yet. We were dating. And I said, I, I want to adopt them now, right? I want to step it now. We, uh, so I made a covenant for life with those children before I made the covenant to my wife. We talk about promise of the fours, right? And the covenant and what that looks like to, to be a man of your word, to, to have that level of commitment. Um, so, right, regarding trauma, like your past, man, you've, you've got, like, I can see why. I can see why you'd have a heart for people that have really struggled or, or got through some challenging times in their lives. And, sure. Uh, maybe not have been given the, the same opportunities as everyone else uh, or they've been dealt a, a challenging card, right? And so... Where, where does your past kind of tie into your support and love, not only for, for helping, uh, uh, helping foster kids, but for, for and adopting kids, but helping men, men that are on a journey. Cause we, we work with a lot of men. And so we see, uh, we, we see a lot and your past has derived, I've seen it directly helped a tremendous amount of men, whether they had a real dark past or a lightly dark past. Sure. Right. So where's. Like, what do you want to share around that? Like, I could share anything. In a nutshell, I mean, I could light it up. Uh, God allowed the environment around my early life to occur. He knew where he wanted me to be, right? And he also knew that I was going to be safe. Um, So, you know, there was pervasive molestation. I was stabbed and beaten by gangs when I was a kid, um, cast out in homeless, uh, mental debilitation from from uh, trauma-induced psychosis, uh, alcoholism, right? So my trajectory at 18 and 19 was, was worthless, right? But great men who love God stepped in and made a difference, you know, got me the change I needed. Uh, Rick Warren lit a candle and showed me how to stay sober. Um, men, men who knew Christ introduced me both to Rick as well as to Jesus. So with God's help and these men stepping in, I was pulled out of my darkness. But the first person who did that to me, his name was Carl, and he sat with me and said, this, this is your purpose, right? You're, you're going to have to get, you'll, you'll get what you give, and you've been given a lot. So now you have to give it forward. And it was absolutely no question in my mind, I will spend the rest of my life in some capacity trying to heal others, right? If I was healed so, with so much fervor and love, and grace, I, I want to spend the rest of my life paying it forward. So there was a lot of years where it was just altruistic and on the side, and then eventually and inevitably became something I do both altruistically as well as for, you know, for my family financially. What, uh, explain you get what you give. Uh, well, it's interesting. Even Young talks about like, I see me, right? I see the person in front of me, but it seems to be more than that. Um, when I heal a man in the place that I hurt, I feel a sense of recovery in that place within me. And so I noticed that as I was starting, it seems strange, like almost like, is this just happening to me? Like I heal this man. I, I'm making this, I'm helping this man stay sober. And I feel like I don't want to drink today. How does, how is that working? And I thought that was an isolated experience that I'd found a secret, you know? And then I started to notice as I, as I started to speak on the circuit, as I spoke at the podium, more and more, it was resonating with more and more men and women. They were starting to kind of shout, me too, me too, me too. So I start, if I had a weakness within me, I immediately started to reach out to someone who had the same weakness and reinforce their strength and found that strength within me. And it's become a rich pattern. And as I've given it to clients, I watch them restore, right? I, I will say, you know, you, you know, you get what you give. If you, if you, if you want more love, then give it, right? Uh, so I met great Christian therapists and counselors and coaches and 
that would always like, of course. I mean, I and once again, I thought I found a secret and I thought I discovered the secret in others. And it was just a truth, a fundamental truth. You can't outgive God. So when you give some, someone something that reinforces a hurt that's within you, you feel the healing within. So if you want more restoration, if you want to feel more love, if you want to feel more worth, it help another man find his worth. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Such a profound truth that if people take action on that can change the game, right? Um, mm. And you've been sober for how long? This will be 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I like being an old sober. Yeah, yeah bro. That's, man, that's such a huge win. Win for God. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, what did I do? Re I read yeah. a little, wrote a little, prayed a little, and helped a little. Uh, God did it all. 100%. Like, yeah. 100%. So I'm super grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Profound. It, it's uh, it's interesting how many people really struggle with the the, uh, the addiction of alcohol. It's a, it's pervasive, right, in our society. And many men think they, they don't struggle. Right, we run into it regularly where someone says, "Hey, you know what? No, I, I don't have an addiction problem with alcohol, uh, but 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 it but it's causing damage in my marriage, right? Yeah. Right? She's told me to stop, yeah, right. Uh, but I'm not struggling with alcohol, right? But uh, but I can't stop, right? Right? Hey, you're addicted, correct? Right? You're addicted, correct? Uh, and that's one of your kind of expertise too, is right, supporting people on their journey of recovery, yeah, around around, around addiction and. Um, and because because this this journey right my our intent my intent is I, I want to serve more people I want to see more people healed kind of on the same right we're we're, we're on similar veins we're on the same path I want to see more people healed so that by by the way they live they can glorify God yes right and so they're not causing chaos right but they're bringing order into this world right now there's so many men so many women that have had hurts in their past when I say broken I mean that uh, they're not producing the results that they want due to past hurts and pains. Right. right, there's something off. There's something unhealed, and so they therefore struggle producing the result that they want. Right, they have this will to do something. They want to go grow their business. They want to go be a better father, a better husband. Yet there's this action that they're not taking. Hey, I know I should be loving my wife, but why did I just yell at her? Right, I know I want to love my kids, but why? Why am I not being present with that? Right, right. Why can't? How do I bridge that gap? Okay, well, so uh, if you can picture a pipe in front of every man or woman, and you put Jesus to the left of it, just emanating light and love, um, all positive attributes, faithfulness, discernment, um, sobriety, right, uh, courage, and then imagine that light washing through the pipe and hitting the man made of mirror who has made it his image, right? That's a perfect construct for a lighthouse. Like in that perfect conscious contact, that communion with him, he would have no addiction. Like everything he would know exactly where to put his left and his right foot but every single step of shame every step of dishonesty every step of a betrayal every step of a letdown of fear and angst puts little pieces of brick in the pipe and starts to like block off the sunlight of the spirit and they don't think that's happened because they still know his attributes they know scripture really well but for some reason they kind of feel in the dark and this is where the malaise comes from this is where the dissidence comes from this is where the uh, belligerents, like, I don't have a problem because they have no line of sight. In that state, they don't even see their wife clearly as they did at the altar anymore. She see like, something's changed. Nothing's changed. The eyes are just fogged. But the challenge with bricks is that you can't chit-chat bricks away. So you can't talk bricks away. And you can't wait for them to go. You have to smash them, right? So, like, that's one of the reasons I love Rise of King so much because it's one of the process of refinery smashing bricks. So... Those bricks, which you could liken to ego or pride or whatever it may be, just need to be smashed. 
when they're cleared, there's a moment where God can really show up because the man can feel and see his light. And that's when you can teach and change, right? So a couple of ways that you can, uh, you can get to that place of clarity is when you're, when you're serving another human being with your ailment, the words that are coming out of your mouth to that person are typically your lecture, right? So it's so funny. I've always seen alcoholics say, I, I, I don't have a problem, but my f- friend John, now he, he needs to get Jesus, dude. That idiot guy needs to get sober. He's ruining his life. And literally as he's saying these words, he's really talking to himself. And I was like, many times encourage clients, take the inventory of the five closest people around you. List all the things about them that need change. And then, and then as if they could take your advice, write down the advice, now scratch their name off, put your name down, and what's wrong with you, what needs to be done. So we're always trying to crash those bricks, you know, but that's the trick, right? How do you smash bricks? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that visualization, right? That analogy, uh, the bricks that we just build up, which, which stop the light of Christ from coming to us. We don't see clearly anymore, right? We see the, we see the, we see the uh, image. We know who he is, right? but we cannot, we cannot feel his spirit. That's right. right? And that's why as we go through this brick, uh, breaking process at Ruck, right? Right. People, many people, even at this event that's happening this week, have said, I've never heard from God like I did at this event. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. How do you, how do you actually hear from God, right? It's when those bricks get broken up and you can feel and see that right. light. Powerful. They, he's been just shouting and, and singing to him and loving him and, and reaching for him. And he's just like, God doesn't talk to me. Right. And then all of a sudden the bricks just smash. It's like, wow, this is the first time I've heard from God. It's like nice to hear from him. You know what I mean? He's been talking to nonstop, you know? So yeah, when they do that, you can see it in their eyes, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, they're ready. Now I'm ready. And that's, oh man, that's the time. That's the time to go in. So good. Now in that same vein, right. Regarding intimacy, I think as we, uh, right. I believe as human beings, we all want to be intimate with other human beings. We want to be close. We want to be emotionally connected. We want to be available. We want to feel love. Uh, yet there are so many people that struggle being intimate, being close, having that close emotional connection with their wife, maybe their kids, maybe it might be friends, right? They keep it kind of surfacey. So what's the process uh, for it? Well, what is intimacy first off, right? I love the way you explain this. What is intimacy? And then how do we, how do we level up intimacy in our relationships? Right. Well, first off, I think that many have the, the definition of intimacy backwards. You say intimacy and they imagine that it's a, it's romantic holding, right? Um, which is intimate, right? But intimacy is actually truly seeing that person all the way clearly into me, you see, right? And I'm, I'm allowing that. I have to allow that. I have to trust you so much. I have to be willing to risk so much to allow you to come past all that vulnerability, all of my insecurity, my fear of being rejected, my fear of, of not being acceptable and allow you to see clearly deep within me. And if I could see that within you and we both looked at each other and say, I accept you, I love you, you're perfect, right? Right then and there, regardless of the fabric of the relationship, whether it was man-wife or brother-to-brother, in that perfect moment, you, are, you will be satiated. It's the thing that all human beings clamor for and they just don't understand how to reach it, right? So um, the, what, what's scary? What's the what are the vulnerable topics that we're hiding from? All secrets, right? All fears, and I'm talking. What I mean by fear is not just current. Like 
what have you been afraid of? And to clarify, right, you're showing the path. So the path to this deeper level of intimacy yes. uh, lies in our ability to take off our mask, right? To take off our mask and allow them to see past that. And our mask, right, it, it protects us, uh, but it also hinders us from people truly knowing us. And so there's a path, right, where people can actually start to dive into intimacy and it's becoming no. Yes. And how do you become no? Yes. Right. What, yes. What's, what are those? What are those? What, what are most effective ways for, for listeners? Like, you know what? I, I want to have a deeper level of intimacy of connection with my wife. Yeah. Right. What should they be like? What, what does that look like? Okay. So if I sat with my wife and I do this pretty consistently, but so I would say the first time I sat with my wife and I wanted to get to know her, I wanted to make sure that she was the woman I wanted to, to be the husband to. Right. I wanted her to see who I was that she was making a commitment to. So we were beginning the intimate walk even before we were married. And what would happen is I would sit with her and I had done this written work of all of the fears I've had in my life, like all my fears. And uh, I can remember fears as a child. I can remember fears as a teenager and fears current. All my secrets. I have a lot. I have these tall secrets, small secrets that I've kept locked in the locks that I deny, but all of them. My resentments, the people that have hurt me, the people that I still have anger for or that I did, right? Um, my fantasies. And I'm not just talking about fantasies like the, you know, uh, that like you would imagine a man would have. I'm talking about fantasies of, 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 be, of looking like Thor. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, and um, my goals, my dreams, right? Um, uh, so all, and my dreams, not just my, um, my dreams. I'm not talking about daydreams. You know, the, those could be kind of likened to fantasies. I'm talking about, I had a dream last night, right? I don't keep it to myself. And Anna did the same. And I remember we had this like big body of work, right? There's all these pages had written and she was down. And we were driving from, uh, from Temecula, California to Portland, Oregon, where I was speaking. 23 hours in a car. And we, she was, and, and her hands were shaking as she was just sharing all of this data. We take turns. And she'd read something and then I'd read something and come to find out we have so many similar like secrets and pains that like it just kept being more and more clear that God had fashioned this woman to understand me, that she had fashioned a woman that could really love a man like me. And by the time we were done, she was tearful and she was like, I just love you. And I was like, I just love the real you. I can see you now. So body intimacy is always last, right? Always last. Um, because I've, I've been intimate. I've gone through the same experience with men. I've gone through the same experience with my children. Like I'll take my kids off for coffee and say, I want to tell you a secret about what went down with me when I was a kid or a fear I had when I was 10. Is that cool? And my kids just hug me when I get done and they share their same. Now my daughter, Angie, the other day said, you're like my best friend and my dad. Dude, I could tell you anything. That's the point. Come as you are, but come as you really, really are. So it's like having a work glove I've always touched my wife's skin with a work contractor's glove on. I've never felt her skin. I take the glove off and I finally touch the crest of her back. And I'm like, she's beautiful. I never knew that she actually felt like this. So intimacy is where passion lives, connection lives, um, affirmation lives. It's where you become satisfied. It's one of the drivers that quells addiction to pornography and lust and unchallenged unbridled lust. The more intimate we become, the more uh, less hungry we are to keep looking. Wow. Wow. So much there. Yeah. I remember I was driving. We were doing a trip and 
it was me, Jessica. We were driving the the, uh, the RV. Uh, we're on our way to New Mexico just for a little trip, and uh, we uh, and I, I started asking some of those questions and and sharing some of my responses to those the, the, those specific questions. And uh, and it was interesting, man. I just felt the energy shift in the RV as I was driving. She was in the passenger seat, and uh, and it, I mean, it was it was intense. It was palpable the the level of energy and the uh, the 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 intimacy, the emotion that was starting to be present by me sharing some of my fears, yeah, some of my insecurities, the things that I struggle with, just at, at a whole other level that I haven't shared before. Wait in the back, just because it was it was so intense. So emotional uh, intimacy always precedes physical intimacy, always. Right, it, it does. The right physical intimacy is preceded by emotional intimacy, and so men, we want to have sex. We want to be connected uh, physically with our wives. The path to get there is through emotional intimacy. It's through transparency. It's through authenticity. It's through being vulnerable. It's through sharing of ourselves. And there's just so much power there. Yet we're so afraid, fear that that prevents us from that vulnerability. And it, and it, and it's killing relationships. Oh, uh, and then backwards, like the backwards process makes it worse, right? So I went, I met you. You're you're exciting. It's been short lived, but now we're touching each other. Now I need to be the man. I like you so much. I need to be the man that I would assume you need to see. So I'm going to filter myself through a different lens so that I can fit you. You 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 could have uh, possibly not been the right match. You could have been the perfect match, but now you're in this cadence of of almost like doing a bait and switch, right? I am this, right? And she deserves to know who she's married to. But you deserve, every man deserves the feeling that comes from being 100% as accepted, right? Accepted for who you have been, who you are, and who you're on your way to be. Yeah, on, on our intake sheet, we have a question, right? Uh, do, do you feel truly known by anybody, right? Do you f feel known? The challenge is, is when we hide our, our feelings, when we hide our secrets, right? When we, when we keep these things in the dark, it's really, we're putting on a front and a mask. And the challenge is, is we, you'll never feel truly known because when someone says, Hey, you know what, Todd, I, man, I love you. You're such a great bro. Yeah. But then on the, on the, on the inside, you don't know me. You don't actually know me. I didn't share my deepest, darkest secrets with you. You don't know, you don't know me. And then, then what, right? So if you, they don't feel like you'll never be known until you reach out and you start to share of yourself, right? And so we have a lot of people on, on this earth that do not feel truly known by anybody because they're not willing to open themselves up. And that's a courageous man. So think about the man that comes to Ruck, that comes here and he shares and he opens up and he's like, I've never felt this kind of connection with a human being before because he's surrounded by intimacy. For the first time with men and he goes this is amazing well see like be, even being intimate with my wife or being intimate with a brother if that's the first person i'm willing to share with it's practice see the goal is to be intimate with more see the goal is to use my wife and my brothers and my children as templates to like go out in the world and be 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 truthful be seen right uh, if you share the truth, you'll see truth, you'll hear it, right? So if you're wrong and broken, you'll be, get that reflection and the opportunity to adjust and shift. But you would find that there'd be so many individuals out there go, God, man, where have you been all my life, right? I really, I really resonate with you. We're just spending so much time, just all afraid, trying to fit. And there's, and still we fail at that even. We still are never accepted by all, even at our best presentation. 
Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for all you do. I love your heart. Is there any, is there any last thing you want to leave the, the people that are listening, like a, a last little nugget uh, as they go through their day? Oh, 100%. Go tell somebody a secret. Go, go share one secret, one truth. Share, oh, how about this? Share one secret, one fear, and one dream of yours with like three people, right? And just, I, I'm just going to give you a gift. If you do that, wait till you see what happens next. Yeah. Love it. Appreciate it, brother. Right on that. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for more episodes, which come out every other week. Click the subscribe button to become a part of the Rise Up Kings tribe. And check out the three-day experience at riseupkings.com.